section twelve of elements of botany this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by kathleen the elements of botany by asa gray pistils in particular angiospermus or ordinary gynosium gynosium is the technical name for the pistil or pistils of a flower taken collectively or for whatever stands in place of these the various modifications of the gynosium and the terms which relate to them require particular attention the pistil when only one occupies the centre of the flower when there are two pistils they stand facing each other in the centre of the flower when several they commonly form a ring or circle and when very numerous they are generally crowded in rows or spirals on the surface of a more or less enlarged or elongated receptacle their number gives rise to certain terms the counterpart of those used for stamens two eight four which are survivals of the names of orders in the linnaean artificial system the names were coined by prefixing greek numerals to gynia used for gynoceum and changed into adjectives in the form of gynus that is a flower is monogynous when it has a single pistil whether that be simple or compound digynous when it has only two pistils trigynous when with three tetragynous with four pentagynous with five hexagynous with six and so on to polygynous with many pistils the parts of a complete pistil as already twice explained one six two three six are the ovary the style and the stigma the ovary is one essential part it contains the rudiments of seeds called ovules the stigma at the summit is also essential it receives the pollen which fertilizes the ovules in order that they may become seeds but the style commonly a tapering or slender column borne on the summit of the ovary and bearing the stigma on its apex or its side is no more necessary to a pistil than the filament is to the stamen accordingly there is no style in many pistils in these the stigma is sessile that is rests directly on the ovary as in figure three two six the stigma is very various in shape and appearance being sometimes a little knob as in the cherry figure two seven one sometimes a point or small surface of bare tissue as in figure three two seven two three three zero and sometimes a longitudinal crest or line as in figure three two four three four one to three four three or it may occupy the whole length of the style as in figure three three one the word pistil latin pistillum means a pestle it came into use in the first place for such flowers as those of crown imperial or lily in which the pistil in the centre was likened to the pestle and the perianth around it to the mortar of the apothecary a pistil is either simple or compound it is simple when it answers to a single flower leaf compound when it answers to two or three or a fuller circle of such leaves conjoined carpels it is convenient to have a name for each flower leaf of the gynoecium so it is called a carpel in latin carpellum or carpidium a simple pistil is a carpel each component flower leaf of a compound pistil is likewise a carpel when a flower has two or more pistils 
these of course are simple pistils that is separate carpels or pistil leaves there may be only a single simple pistil to the flower as in a pea or cherry blossom figure two seven one there may be two such as in many saxifrages or many as in the strawberry more commonly the single pistil in the centre of a blossom is a compound one then there is seldom much difficulty in ascertaining the number of carpels or pistil leaves that compose it the simple pistil viewed morphologically answers to a leaf blade with margins incurved and united where they meet so forming a closed case or pod the ovary and bearing ovules at the suture or junction of these margins a tapering upper portion with margins similarly enrolled is supposed to form the style and these same margins exposed at the tip or for a portion of the length become the stigma compare under this view the three accompanying figures illustration figure three two three an enrolled small leaf such as in double-flowered cherry blossoms is often seen to occupy the place of a pistil figure three two four a simple pistil of isopyrum with ovary cut across the inner ventral face turned toward the eye the ovules seem to be borne on the ventral suture answering to leaf margins the stigma above seen also to answer to leaf margins figure three two five pod or simple pistil of keltha or marsh marigold which has opened and shed its seeds so a simple pistil should have a one-celled ovary only one line of attachment for the ovules a single style and a single stigma certain variations from this normal condition which sometimes occur do not invalidate this morphological conception for instance the stigma may become too lobed or too ridged because it consists of two leaf margins as figure three two four shows it may become too locellate by the turning or growing inward of one of the sutures so as to divide the cavity there are two or three terms which primarily relate to the parts of a simple pistil or carpel and are thence carried on to the compound pistil namely ventral suture the line which answers to the united margins of the carpal leaf therefore naturally called a suture or seam and the ventral or inner one because in the circle of carpal leaves it looks inward or to the centre of the flower dorsal suture is the line down the back of the carpal answering to the mid-rib of the leaf not a seam therefore but at maturity many fruits such as pea pods open by this dorsal as well as by the ventral line placenta a name given to the surface whatever it be which bears the ovules and seeds the name may be needless when the ovules grow directly on the ventral suture or from its top or bottom but when there are many ovules there is usually some expansion of an ovule bearing or seed bearing surface as is seen in our mandrake or potophyllum figure three two six illustration figure three two six simple pistil of potophyllum cut across showing ovules borne on placenta figure three two seven pistil of a saxifrage of two simple carpels or pistil leaves united at the base only cut across both above and below figure three two eight compound three capillary pistil of common st john's wort cut across the three styles separate figure three two nine 
the same of shrubby st john's wort the three styles as well as ovaries here united into one figure three three zero compound three carpillary pistil of tradescantia or spiderwort the three stigmas as well as styles and ovary completely coalescent into one a compound pistil is a combination of two three or a greater number of pistil leaves or carpels in a circle united into one body at least by their ovaries the annexed figures should make it clear a series of saxifrages might be selected the gynoecium of which should show every gradation between two simple pistils or separate carpels and their complete coalescence into one compound and two-celled ovary even when the constituent styles and stigmas are completely coalescent into one the nature of the combination is usually revealed by some external lines or grooves or as in figure three two eight two three three zero by the internal partitions or the number of placentae the simplest case of compound pistil is that with two or more cells and axile placentae namely with as many cells as there are carpels that have united to compose the organ such a pistil is just what would be formed if the simple pistils two three or five in a circle as the case may be like those of a peony or stone crop figure two two four two two five pressed together in the centre of the flower were to cohere by their contiguous parts in such a case the placentae are naturally axile or all brought together in the axis or centre and the ovary has as many decepiments or internal partitions as there are carpels in its composition for these are the contiguous and coalescent walls or sides of the component carpels when such pistils ripen into pods they often separate along these lines into their elementary carpels illustration figure three three one three three two pistil of a sand wart with vertical and transverse section of the ovary free central placenta one celled with free central placenta the commoner case is that of purslane figure two seven two and of the pink and chickweed families figure three three one three three two this is explained by supposing that the partitions such as those of figure three two nine have early vanished or have been suppressed indeed traces of them may often be detected in pinks on the other hand it is equally supposable that in the primula family the free central is derived from parietal placentation by the carpels bearing ovules only at base and forming a consolidated common placenta in the axis metella and dianea help out this conception illustration figure three 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 plan of a one-celled ovary of three carpal leaves with parietal placentae cut across below where it is complete the upper part showing the top of the three leaves it is composed of approaching but not united figure three three four cross-section of the ovary of frost weed helianthemum with three parietal placentae bearing ovules figure three three five cross-section of an ovary of hybricum gravolins the three large placentae meeting in the centre so as to form a three-celled ovary three three six same in fruit the placentae now separate and rounded one-celled 
with parietal placentae in this not uncommon case it is conceived that the two or three or more carpal leaves of such a compound pistil coalesce by their adjacent edges just as septal leaves do to form a gamosepalous calyx or petals to form a gamopetalous corolla and as is shown in the diagram figure three 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 and in an actual cross-section figure three three four here each carpel is an open leaf or with some introflexion bearing ovules along its margins and each placenta consists of the contiguous margins of two pistil leaves grown together there is every gradation between this and the three-celled ovary with the placentae in the axis even in the same genus sometimes even in different stages in the same pistil figure three three five three three six section two gymnospermus gynoceum the ordinary pistil has a closed ovary and accordingly the pollen can act upon the contained ovules only indirectly through the stigma this is expressed in a term of greek derivation namely angiospermus meaning that the seeds are born in a sac or closed vessel the counterpart term is gymnospermus meaning naked seeded this kind of pistil or gynoceum the simplest of all yet the most peculiar characterizes the pine family and its relatives illustration figure three three seven a pistil that is a scale of the cone of a larch at the time of flowering inside view showing its pair of naked ovules illustration figure three three eight branchlet of the american arbor vitae considerably larger than in nature terminated by its pistillate flowers each consisting of a single scale an open pistil together forming a small cone figure three three nine one of the scales or carpels of the last removed and more enlarged the inside exposed to view showing a pair of ovules on its base while the ordinary simple pistil is conceived by the botanist to be a leaf rolled together into a closed pod figure three o six those of the pine larch figure three three seven cedar and arbor vitae figure three three eight three three nine are open leaves in the form of scales each bearing two or more ovules on the interface next the base at the time of blossoming these pistil leaves of the young cone diverge and the pollen so abundantly shed from the staminate blossoms falls directly upon the exposed ovules afterward the scales close over each other until the seeds are ripe then they separate that the seeds may be shed as the pollen acts directly on the ovules such pistil or organ acting as pistil has no stigma in the yew and in torea and ginkgo the gynoceum is reduced to extremest simplicity that is to a naked ovule without any visible carpal in cycas the large naked ovules are borne on the margins or lobes of an obvious open leaf all gymospermous plants have other peculiarities also distinguishing them as a class from angiospermous plants end of section twelve